everyone's having a Merry Christmas, a good day. I hope you all have plenty of time to celebrate with each other, with family, and to even talk about memories that you've had. I'd like to take this time right now to apologize. My wife is normally here, uh, but she's at home right now nursing four kids back to health. She's always in the back giving me signs to slow down. So if this turns into David Platt's secret church, I am sorry. (laughs) There is no pumping the brakes today. Now on this day, we all have traditions that we hold with our family. Every family unit is unique in what it does at the Christmas time. Rather, it's traveling somewhere or going to a certain place every year on Christmas Eve. Or even something as simple as a movie that you all watch as a family. Now, there's a movie that I try to watch every year with my wife. She hates it, but she does it for me. In this movie, the main character constantly tries giving his family the perfect Christmas. And every time he does, it constantly blows up in his face. He's trying to get a tree, and he takes it into the house and cuts it, and it explodes and knocks out all the windows. He tries to make memories for his family coming in town, but it never works. He has a cousin that shows up and stays in the driveway in an RV. And that cousin constantly tries to remind him that Christmas is more than material objects. And all he ever does is get made fun of until the end when it's finally revealed that he's right. In all the years I've watched this movie, I've never been able to figure out why Cousin Eddie loves Clark so much. It is a great mystery. But no matter where you are or what walk of life you're in, there's always an underlying theme to Christmas Day. And that is, it is about more than gifts. It is about more than material objects. Rather, you see pagans in Norway and Germany, Muslims in America, atheists, agnostics, celebrating in their own way. It is always obvious that on this day, no matter what walk of life you're in, there's more to it than gifts. This day is about love, hope, peace, and joy. And that is because this day is about Jesus Christ. And even as we look at our unbelieving neighbors, we can see that in a way that is written on their heart in this day, as they look forward to celebrating with family and friends, and they look forward to a new year that is coming They are hoping for love, peace, and joy. And it is the perfect time for us as Christians to bear witness to them. Because just as the Apostle Paul stood at the altar of the unknown God and told the people who he was, so we can stand before our neighbors and friends and say that we know the source of love, hope, peace, and joy. It is Christ. But this day is also special to us as Christians for multiple reasons. One is that in a brief minor, minor way, when everyone puts their arguments aside, when everyone is giving and there is joy and there is hope in the air, we get a brief glimpse of what the world will be like when Christ returns and all is as it should be. And secondly, it is the beginning of a season for us as Christians because as we celebrate the Messiah entering into the world, We then go into a season where we study his life and his teachings. And then we come to April where we have Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter, the resurrection. 
And then we enter into a phase where we live life, pursuing him, walking with him, until November or December rolls around. And we once again enter into a phase of celebration and hope for the day when our Messiah returns. And the cycle continues. Now, one of the traditions that most of us hold on this day is the tradition of gift-giving, right? And no matter, obviously, it's not the reason for the season, but it is something that we all do. And there's multiple aspects to gift-giving. When you are giving it, there is a purpose, a motive, and a cost to the gift that you've given. A purpose, a motive, and a cost. And whenever you receive a gift, there's also aspects to that. There's all the emotions... There's the reason why the person is giving it to you. But mostly, all the gifts that we receive, we can describe. Whatever you receive today, you can get on the phone and you can describe to someone. But there is a gift that Christ brought with him into this world that all of us are recipients of. And that is the gift of salvation. How do we describe this gift? So to see how we describe this gift, turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verse 15. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. And as I said, keep in mind that the gift that Apostle Paul is telling the church in Corinth of is the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God... For his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And that's amazing to see a man like the Apostle Paul that can describe everything under the sun seemingly in Scripture and take on the philosophers in ancient Greece, and yet he sits and states that this gift we received from Christ is indescribable. And when we think about the hope, joy, love, and peace that comes with the season that we've been talking about with Advent, we understand these words and we can describe them quite well. But even our understanding meets its limit at times. When you think of hope, think about the future you hope for for your children, your grandchildren, or even the hope you have in Christ and being with him in eternity. And if you're a husband, think of joy when you were standing here, wherever you got married. And the first time the doors opened up and you saw your bride in her white dress, you were feeling joy in that moment. But now try to describe that to another man that's getting married. You can't. And when you think of love, you can describe love when you're younger and you're dating and when you're first married. But as a married couple that's been married for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and gone through all the trials and tribulations that you have, now describe that love to someone. And when we think of peace, we understand peace and what it is. But as Christians, we sometimes have trying times, and there are times where we have to step back and say, it is well with my soul. And that may not be what we want to say, but even though we understand these words, even on our end, there are times when the four of them are indescribable. And yet the Apostle Paul, he can describe them. Some of the ways that he describes hope is he describes hope as one of the three Christian virtues in 1 Corinthians that we carry when we walk with Christ. And in Philippians, 
when talking about joy. He uses the word joy and rejoicing 16 times in four chapters to describe the state of mind that we as Christians should be in. And when describing love in 1 Corinthians 13, he states that love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And in verse 8, he states that love never fails. And when talking about peace, the Apostle Paul states in 1 Corinthians that grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And in Romans 8, he says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace comes from God. Peace is maintained in a relationship through him and with him. So even though the Apostle Paul describes all of these things, and he describes Christ in several different ways, when it comes to describing the gift of salvation, Paul states that it is indescribable. Now, some of your translations may read differently. Some of them may say indescribable. Some of them may say inexpressible, unspeakable, or a gift too wonderful for words. And the reason why they say this is because of the Greek word that Paul is using in this moment. The word means indescribable, unable to be relatable, and unutterable. Literally, there is not a way to express an emotion on what this gift is. But as we said earlier in gifts, there is the receiving end of a gift, but there's also the giving end of a gift. Every gift that is given has a purpose, a motive, and a cost. And so did this gift of salvation that we receive. So turn with me, if you will, to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. John, chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verses 16 and 17. John, chapter 3. And I've said multiple times up here, and I will probably say again, this may be something that is only in my walk. But when you read Scripture repetitively and you're exposed to it, there's one of two things that happen. One, your heart is open and the Holy Spirit continues to teach you and show you things that you never saw before when you first saw it. And the second is that it can become dull. So I hope in this moment, these verses we have Christians have seen probably a thousand times. But I hope that this breathes a new life into them. Think about it from the aspect of Christmas, which we are celebrating today. Think about it from the virgin birth, from Christ entering into this world as the Messiah in the humblest form. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And we'll read that again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Now, what is the cost of this gift that we have received from Christ? The cost was the sacrifice of the only begotten Son, the Lamb. The purpose, as Scripture states, was to save the world through Him. And the motive was to restore our relationship with Him. For us as sinners to be able to commune with God 
as we once did in the garden. But whatever your tradition is today, rather it is reading Luke 2 with your family before you open gifts, praying together before you open gifts, talking about the memories you've had in the last year, or praying around the lunch or dinner table before all the festivities begin. I hope that you take time today to reflect upon the gift that we have been given, the indescribable gift of salvation that our Messiah brought with him when he came into this world, the gift of eternal life with him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for family and friends. We thank you for a special day that we have to celebrate your coming into this world and for the gift that you've given us and eternal salvation. We pray, Lord, for all those around the world that they would take time to reflect on the blessings and that on this day you would work on their heart and they would know the reason for this season. I pray, Lord, that you continue to give us as Christians opportunities to tell people about the gift that we've been given and that they can receive it as well. And may we be a light into a dark world as you were. We thank you for all you've given us. Amen.